With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players. You have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. Go Raider Nation, and welcome to Just Pod Baby with your host, Evan Grove, your home for Raiders news, notes, and information. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at egrove 5 and you can check out my work over at silverandblackpride.com. Later on in tonight's episode, I'll be joined by co-offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach from Clemson University, Coach Jeff Scott. Well, this week the Raiders wrapped up their final portion of the offseason uh, training program with mandatory minicamp. Players and coaches now have a little over a little over a month now before the beginning of training camp, and that's that's extremely hard to believe. I can't believe it's it's just around the corner. But uh, we we are now in what's known as uh, the dead period, where um, you know the players won't be seen or heard from, um, hopefully uh, for for a, like I said, a little over a month. And um, you know this is a, sometimes a difficult time for NFL players. Um, often you hear about players getting themselves into trouble, so ho- hopefully we don't have any of that happening to uh, Raiders players. Uh, I would like to start the show tonight uh, by discussing a position group that I'm really excited about uh, as we get closer to this season, and I, I really expect them to make a huge improvement um, this season, and, and that is the secondary. Um, I put out two pieces this week uh, for the site, both highlighting both highlighting members of the secondary safeties, Carl Joseph and rookie safety, Jonathan Abram. And, um, you know, I encourage you to check that out if you haven't done so. Uh, I was looking at some numbers, and the last four years, the, the Raiders' pass, passing defense has, has, has been pretty pretty poor. Uh, they've ranked 19th, 26th, 24th, and 26th uh, over the last four years. Um, now, obviously, we all know that the secondary and, and the pass rush kind of work hand in hand, and and the pass rush, you know, obviously the lack of pass rush didn't help matters in the secondary. But I believe that um, you know this year with with an improved pass rush, I think we've got some added pieces there that that should help. But I, I really believe that um, with the additions that were made through the draft, through free agency, that we could see this passing defense uh, make a jump into the top fifteen. Now you may be asking yourself why why is it that I believe that and and there's several reasons why and I'll try to explain what some of those reasons are uh, right now. Uh, the first thing is I think that both uh, Carl Joseph and Garyon Conley, who are both still you know young players in the league, 
were really starting to play their best ball towards the end of last season, if you recall. Um, I would I would expect that growth to continue for both of those players um, as they grow a little bit more comfortable. You know, just being in the league, being being healthy, being on the field, and, and most importantly, being in the second year uh, of of Paul Gunther's system. And as I mentioned, they both have seemed to overcome some of the injury issues that have plagued them early in their career. And with Carl Joseph in particular, keep in mind, not only did the Raiders decline his to pick up his fifth-year option, um, you know, he, he they also drafted a safety in the first round. So there's definitely, you know, Joseph will definitely be playing with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder as he looks to, you know, play for a new contract. Speaking of Jonathan Abram, I think that you know he is definitely a major upgrade on on the likes of some of the guys they've had, you know, in, in the sec or I'm sorry, uh, playing safety in the past years like Reggie Nelson and Marcus Gilchrist, Eric Harris, who is still with the team, um, and, and and the list goes on and on. Um, I've heard nothing but really positive things coming out of uh, Raiders OTAs and in the mini camp. Uh, about about Abram, uh, he he's already running with the ones alongside Carl Joseph. Uh, Paul Gunther made some really positive comments about him. Um, said that he sure doesn't um, seem like a rookie as far as the way that he communicates out there on the field and and just overall the way the way that he you know he carries himself like a veteran already. So that that's great. Um, you know Abram's. Abram also gave an interview where he talked about how he, you know, preparation is a big part of his his game. Um, he spends a lot of time out of practice studying and and just you know being a really good student of the game. So I think that's that's really um, important, especially for a rookie. I, I think that the combination of Carl Joseph and um, Abram will provide a really good one-two punch for the Raiders defense. Um, they're both pretty athletic guys. They both guys who really are physical, like to like to um, hit you. Abram also has the size and the physicality to match up with some of those safety or not safety, excuse me, some of the tight ends in the, uh, that you know the Raiders are going to see in their division, like Hunter Henry and, and Travis Kelsey. So I think I think those are major upgrades. Other reasons why um, I feel the secondary will, will be much improved is is with the addition of. LaMarcus Joyner. Uh, not only is Joyner going to bring some much-needed talent to this group, you know, I, we all know he's a very talented player. He he's got experience on you know winning teams. He know he knows what it takes to to be a winner. You know, he's going to also provide some much-needed um, experience and leadership you know, for this young group because this group is very young. The secondary, if you look at if you look at some of the guys. You know, it, it's a really young group, so they're going to really lean on on Joiner and some of his experience uh, to kind of lead the way. Um, Joiner's basically going to be a starter, you know, although you know he will be playing primarily as the nickel corner. You know, NFL teams nowadays are spending the majority of the time in the nickel defense, so you're going to see him on the field more more times than not. Overall, this group is just. It's just a much deeper group than we've had in the past. It's going to be one of the more competitive uh, position groups in training camp, and you know you also have. Don't forget, you've got Daryl Worley, who is who's most likely going to start on the opposite side of Garyon Conley, and he he's returning from an injury. 
that kind of that ended his season last year. You've also got rookies Trayvon Mullen and Isaiah Johnson, second-year man Nick Nelson, and, and also they brought in Nevin Lawson in the, in the offseason. Um, so, you know, it's very possible when you look at the, the guys that I just named, and, and I'm, there's a couple that I'm, I'm sure I'm leaving off the list. When you look at those guys, it's possible that, you know, one or two of these guys do not make the 53-man 50, roster out of uh, training camp. So it's definitely going to be a, a group that you want to keep your eye on. Um, it's it's going to be very competitive, and it should be a much improved uh, group uh, in the 2019 season. Up next is headlines. Blue 42, set, hot, hot, hot! Headline number one. It's now official the Raiders will be featured on HBO's Hard Knocks. Um, you know, this is something that many of us you know, expected to happen. There was you know, a lot of rumors going around that the Raiders, you know, were, were the favorites to be selected for the show. And, you know, many of us were hoping that they would be the team that was featured in 2020 as they were moving into their new digs in Las Vegas. But it just wasn't the case. And if you're HBO, can you blame them? I mean, look at this this cast of characters. How could you how could you pass that up? Uh, it's going to be must-see TV with Antonio Brown and John Gruden, Mike Mayock, and you know there should be some really interesting storylines with this team. Uh, of course, you've got Richie Incognito, so I'm sure they're going to be you know highlighting him and and having Vontez Perfect and Antonio Brown on the same team. I'm sure that's a storyline they're going to want to point out. Obviously, being the final season in Oakland, the three rookie first-round draft picks, and and of course you've got Derek Carr, who should be. You know, a headliner on the show as well, and I'm not sure if if you've had a chance to see it. If not, go on the Raiders Raiders dot com. They have uh, you know a, a three or four minute video of from the final um, mi- mini camp practice, and it was Antonio Brown mic'd up, and it, it was a little preview of what you can expect uh, to see on Hard Knocks. It's it's really it was really cool. It really seems like him and Derek Carr, you know, have a really good relationship right now, and. And he, he just he just seems like he is he's primed for a real big season. I, I'm really excited for Hard Knocks. I'm a big fan of the show, and you know finally I get to watch. You know we get to watch our team uh, be the featured team, and you know I, I watch it every year. So I'm really looking forward to getting a behind the scenes look at you know some of uh, some of these players. Headline number two: uh, SilverAndBlackPrides.com's lead writer Levi Damian published a piece. Uh, this week on the site, uh, and he headlines or he he discusses what he believes uh, the the depth chart looks like currently with training camp a month away. You know now that we are through uh, OTAs and uh, mini camps, so I'm just going to kind of go through that that chart really with you real quick, and we're we're going to start with the offense. And there isn't a lot of big surprises on these depth charts, but I just kind of want to go through it. So obviously quarterback is Derek Carr, uh, and these are the ones. Uh, running back Josh Jacobs, uh, fullback Keith, Keith Smith. Wide receivers, you've got Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams, and, and, and Levi believes, and again, this is a guy who was out there uh, you know, watching a lot of these practices, so he definitely has an, an inside track. He has Hunter Renfro as the starting uh, slot wide receiver. Tight end Darren Waller, which is, you know, all indications are pointing to him definitely being the, the starter. Left tackle, as we know, Colton Miller. Right tackle, Trent Brown. Left guard, the newly acquired Richie Incognito. Right guard, Gabe Jackson. And at center, Rodney Hudson. On the defensive side of the ball, he has 
rookie Cleland Farrell starting at defensive end. On the opposite side, he's got, uh, again, the newly acquired Josh Morrow. That would be the one spot, I think if I had to pick uh, a couple of spots where I would disagree with Levi, I would say um, I think it's going to be Benson Mayowa. Mayowa starting alongside Farrell. Um, I could be wrong. I know Merle is is touted as a being a bit uh, you know a run stuffer. So who knows? And and to be honest with you, I don't know a whole lot about Morrow. I'm I'm obviously more familiar with with Mayowa. Um, the defensive tackle, he's got Maurice Hurst um, starting alongside nose tackle Jonathan Hankins, um, who played very well for the Raiders um, last season. Um, who who filled in nicely for Justin Ellis? So who, you know that's going to be a battle to keep an eye on Hankins or Ellis. Uh, strong side linebacker Tyre Whitehead, inside linebacker Vontez Perfect, uh, weak side linebacker Brandon Marshall. Again, this would be one that I think you know if I I could make an argument um, against. Uh, I think that you know Nicholas Morrow could be a guy who who could be a. a a sleeper pick for for that position. Um, moving into the secondary, we touched on that earlier in the show. Cornerbacks, you've got Garyon Conley, Daryl Worley, uh, your, your slot corner, LaMarcus Joyner, and then your free safety, um, Carl Joseph, and your strong safety, Jonathan Abram. Your special teams, you've got Daniel Car- Carlson as your kicker, Johnny Townsend as your punter, um, long snapper Andrew DePola, and, and again that could be a battle. That could be a battle because if you recall, um, I believe um, DePola suffered a leg injury last year, a knee injury, I think it was, and and he was replaced by uh, Trent Siege, who who you know there could be a battle for that position this year. Your punt returner and kick returner uh, Dwayne Harris. So I think that's a pretty accurate. Rundown. I, I would have to agree with almost everything that, that Levi has here. Headline number three. Uh, there's been some conflicting reports out there about Arden Key's weight. Now, if you recall, a couple weeks ago when OTA started, uh, John Gruden, during one of his press conferences, made some comments that would would lead you to believe that Arden Key did not reach the target weight that they had in mind for him. Um, <clears throat> Gruden mentioned that he would like to see Key somewhere in the 260 to 270 ranges eventually. Um, so it really gave you the impression that Arden Key was nowhere near that weight. Then a week later, Paul Gunther, when he met with the media, he said that um, Arden Key's weight is is right where it needs to be. And, and he really kind of almost gave conflicting reports. And he was saying that um, he doesn't want to see Key, um, you know, as a 260-pound slug out there. So it almost it almost contradicts what Gruden was saying. Um, it, it's almost I get the impression that maybe they don't see eye to eye on this. Uh, maybe Gruden would like to see him a bit, um, you know, heavier. Where Gunther sees uh, Key as more of a third down, you know, speed rusher, and he doesn't want to see him get too big and, and lose some of that athleticism. And, and then to, to complicate things further, last week Arden Key met with the media, and he was asked about his weight, his weight and, and he himself said that he is currently weighing 260 pounds. So um, 
you know, he also mentioned that he had gained 15 pounds since the beginning of OTAs, which really seems like a lot of we- a, w- a lot of weight to gain in such a short period of time. So, I mean, who knows? You know, I don't know what kind of diets these guys are on. He talked about the the you know he he's working with the nutritionists and he's eating a lot of food, a lot of salmon, a lot of rice, a lot of chicken, that kind of thing. Um, but you know, there's a there there's definitely some some mystery surrounding what what Arden Key is weighing in at right now and. And to be honest with you, I, I don't think the weight is as much of an issue as, as the strength is. I think, you know, he, the biggest thing for him was to add strength, you know, in the offseason. And obviously with strength gain is going to come some weight gain. So, um, you know, if I had to guess, I would say um, key is somewhere between 250 in 260. He says he's at 260. Maybe he's, you know, exaggerating that a bit. But, um, you know, I think any weight that was added is going to be beneficial to him because I think he was playing somewhere last year, you know, hovering around 240, which was just way too small to be a, a three-down defensive end. So this year as he moves into a uh, you know more of a primary third-down pass rusher, um, you know, he has that speed off the edge and hopefully with some added weight and strength he'll uh you know he'll get home a little bit more often those are your headlines for this week and up next is my interview with coach jeff scott co-offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach for clemson university on the line with me is jeff scott co-offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach at clemson university the 2016 and 2018 national champs coach welcome to the podcast congratulations on another title and uh, you know, thanks for sharing some of your time with me. How are things going? Uh, sure. Glad to be with you. Things are going well. We're just kind of in the middle of our uh, high school camp circuit right now and uh, just uh, getting ready for next season. Very good. Sounds great. Uh, let, let's get right into it. I know you're a busy guy. Um, I'd like to hear, before I get into the, some specifics on uh, one of your former players, Hunter Renfro, I do want to learn a little bit about you and, and some of your, you know, your rise um, as a coach from from your beginnings to to where you are today with Clemson. Sure. Well, I I played at Clemson. I was a walk on wide receiver and was here and uh, finished here in 2003 and uh, went and became a high school coach. Got a chance to be a head coach at an early age at uh, 23 years old and was fortunate enough to win a state championship in our first year and uh, ended up going to Presbyterian College to be the wide receivers coach in 2007. And then I came to Clemson in 2008 as a graduate assistant. And Coach Sweeney was the wide receivers coach at the time. And in the middle of that season, uh, on, actually on October 13th, 2008, Coach Sweeney became the interim head coach, moved me to the receivers positions from being a graduate assistant and told me even though his chances of getting the full-time head coaching job weren't great that if he did then uh, he was going to keep me on as the wide receivers coach full-time and uh, we ended up winning four of our last six games and he was named full-time head coach and I've been here ever since so I started out as the wideout coach and recruiting coordinator and then in December of 2014 uh, became co-offensive coordinator along with our running backs coach, Tony Elliott. And uh, so I've been doing the offense uh, for the last four years. 
I'd say that worked out pretty good for both you and Clemson. That that decision to keep uh, Dabo and uh, promote you to the uh, co-offensive coordinator. <laughs> Um, the next question I have for you, you know, obviously being a part of the, you know, offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach, I know that you're, you're pretty integral in the offensive game plans each week, but I also know that you are really involved in the recruiting. I believe you, are you the recruiting coordinator as well? Well, I, I was here at Clemson for uh, seven years before I took over the, uh, offensive coordinator, mm -hmm. uh, role. Okay, um, but I know that you are quite involved still. In 2015 and 2018, you were named one of the top 25 recruiters in the nation by Rivals.com and ACC Recruiter of the Year by 24-7 Sports. So what can you tell me, why is it that you've been able to be so successful as a recruiter? You know, what is it that makes someone a good recruiter? Well, I think, number one, recruiting is all about relationships. You know, I think that's what these uh, high school prospects and their families are looking for. You know, they're looking for a, a good relationship with their future coach. Uh, most of them had a good experience in high school, and they had a valuable relationship with maybe one of their high school coaches. And uh, so just really developing relationships, getting to know them and their families and letting them know that you're going to look after their son. Uh, I think that's a big part of it. Another piece, I think, is you know the fact that you're going to develop them more than just their skill on the field would also help develop them in a lot of different areas of their life and then i think also being able to show them a track record you know we have a lot of success recruiting receivers here at clemson because we have a very strong track record and uh, so we're not just telling them what we want to do and what our plans are for the future we're able to actually show them you know what we've done the last 10 years, uh, and I think that has really paid dividends in our recruiting. That's a perfect segue to my next question. Uh, recently, uh, Clemson has developed the reputation or nickname of wide receiver U. During your time at Clemson, you've been around some extremely talented uh, you know, players at the position, including DeAndre Hopkins, Sammy Watkins, Mike Williams, Martavius Bryant, um, Jacoby Ford, who's a former Raiders uh, 2010 draft pick, and, and you've got another really good one there currently, uh, T. Higgins. How is it that year in and year out Clemson is able to produce such high-end talent at the receiver position? And don't be afraid to be bashful, Coach. You can tell me it's all about great coaching. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could say that. Uh, you know, I think a big part of it, especially early on, is that, you know, Coach Sweeney, our head coach, his background is uh, being as a wide receivers coach. He coached wide receivers at Alabama for about seven years before coming to Clemson and coached receivers here at Clemson for six years before becoming the head coach. So a lot of times a team may take on the identity of their head coach and uh, Coach Sweeney having a background with wide outs, he's not afraid to throw the ball around and, uh, you know, get the receivers involved. And, you know, I think, you know, once we – had the success that we had with DeAndre Hopkins and Sammy Watkins and a few of those guys, then you just kept creating more and more momentum. And uh, we've also had really good staff continuity. You know, I'm going on my 12th year here at Clemson with Coach Sweeney. Coach Sweeney's going into his 16th year at Clemson overall and 12th year, you know, as the head coach. So I think our continuity as a, as a staff uh, is really important. Uh, the relationships that we have with our players and also with our former players 
I mean, guys understand that it's a huge responsibility coming to Clemson to play receiver because of all the players that have come before them, and they want to, you know, not only live up to that standard, but really want to continue to build on that foundation that all these guys uh, laid before them. That's true. You mentioned the quarterback play with uh, with Watson, and it, it sure doesn't hurt to have uh, you know your your current quarterback Lawrence there either throwing the ball to you. Um, I'd like to get into, you know, again, discussing one of your former players now, Hunter Renfro, who, of course, was selected in this year's draft by the Raiders, who is going to be competing, it looks like, at the starting uh, slot receiver position. You know, many Raider fans who are not familiar with Hunter, um, you know, have by now have familiarized themselves with him. So, we, you know, we know of the story, how he, he began as a walk-on and, you know, a lot about the success that he had in big games. In your opinion, what is Hunter's best quality, and and what is it about him that will make him successful at the next level? Yeah, Hunter obviously is a very special uh, young man off the field. First of all, before you ever get to the football piece, you know Hunter does not need football to be successful in life. I mean, whatever he uh, really would choose to do outside of of football, I think he would be very successful just because of the type of young man that he is has a lot of discipline in his life. He has a really good foundation. He, you know, knows who he is as a person, is very confident, um, very special uh, young man in so many ways. But, you know, I think probably his best attribute uh, as a receiver is just his – he kind of has this sixth sense, if you will. Uh, He knows how to get open. He knows when – uh, to, to, to make certain breaks. He understands, um, you know, what the quarterback's looking at, what he's looking for. And he's just one of these guys that finds a way to get open. But, you know, I used to tease him sometimes that, you know, he kind of had eyes in the back of his head because he could see things, you know, going on uh, behind him closer to the quarterback while he's running, at, running his routes. And uh, he also does a great job of, separating from defenders because he has really good break points if you watch him run he runs very low so because he has his chest down running low he's one of these rare athletes that's able to change direction while going full speed and not really having to slow down and you know that's uh, a big reason why he's able to consistently get open that's interesting because um when you talk about the the break points, because I know he, you know he's not the biggest guy, he's not the fastest guy, or the most athletic guy, but um, you talked about the the break points there and how he keeps his body low. That's very interesting. Um, do you have a a player comp for him, like a player in the NFL currently or past that you would maybe uh, give for for Hunter? Yeah, you know, obviously uh, with the success that the slots have had uh there with the patriots you know that comparison has been made since this freshman year uh being here at clemson um but you know i think he is very similar to a lot of those guys um you know i I think that um his quickness uh change of direction uh ability to make plays in critical situations on key third down i mean there was he kind of got the nickname around Clemson as uh you know third and Renfro because <laughs> yep. anytime it was third down everybody in the stands including the defensive coordinator and all the defensive players knew the ball was going to Hunter and they still couldn't stop it 
And, uh, you know, and that's really the next level as a player is when the other team knows the ball's coming to you and you can still find a way to get open. And, I mean, that's what happened time and time again uh, here at Clemson. He set all kind of ACC and Clemson records for his production on third down. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, some of those comparisons are probably very similar. I know for me, um, the direct comparison that, that I can make is uh, of Adam Humphreys, who left Clemson and went to the, the Tampa Bay Bucks as a free agent and then recently signed a nice contract with the Tennessee Titans. Um, there's a lot of similarities between Adam uh, and Hunter, and uh, having a chance to coach both of those guys back-to-back uh, was really spe- special. Okay, I didn't know Humphreys was a Clemson guy. <clears throat> um that's great. Great, great information there. Um, do you have any good stories that um, you would care to share uh, share with us that might shed some more light on exactly the type of the type of person or player that the Raiders are getting in, in Hunter Renfro? Yeah, you know, I just think that, you know, when, when guys walk on, you know, it's always a goal and dream for them to earn a scholarship and, you know, Hunter came to our camp going into his senior year of, of high school, and he was about 155 pounds. Uh, he was the quarterback, you know, in high school. And I told him, hey, we're not going to be able to offer you a scholarship, but if you don't find exactly what you're looking for, we'd love to have you come walk on. And so he came. He was. We had 115 players at the time, and he was probably number 115 on the roster. Wow. And he redshirted his freshman year. And he did so well during his redshirt year in practice, beating our starting DBs on a consistent basis that spring of his redshirt year, that we ended up giving him a scholarship in August before he ever played his first snap. And uh, that's really rare for a walk-on to earn a scholarship uh, before they ever play their first snap. But it was because of the what he had done just in one year of practice getting open and, um, you know, the confidence that we had that not only was he going to play, he was going to be a very productive uh, player for us. Uh, But, you know, there's been uh, plenty of stories of, you know, when he first got here that, you know, many of the current players thought he was actually a manager or trainer (laughs) when he was walking around, walking around the building. One one guy's told a story that uh, when he was out there doing workouts, you know, one of the, players asked him if he'd bring him a towel and, and some water. <laughs> he thought he was part of one of the freshman trainers. He said, actually, i got to go run this next rep. <laughs> That's you know, great. One of the freshman wideouts. So That's great. Yeah, he's had, but he is just a, just a super human being, very humble, hardworking. I mean, he's played around some outstanding players here at Clemson with, you know, Mike Williams and now uh, T. Higgins, Justin Ross, and some of these guys. And, you know, he's never been a guy that's been worried about how many balls that he was getting thrown or if he didn't get the ball when he was open. Um, he, he was just always a team guy, and uh, he knew that there were going to be times he was counted on and he was going to be ready uh, when that time happened. And, you know, we we talk all the time about the national championship in 2016. You know, he caught the game-winning pass and, you know, had a five-star quarterback into Deshaun Watson throwing to a former walk-on wide receiver to win the national championship. And, you know, that's just a great 
image for us at Clemson of really who we are as a program that it doesn't matter you know who you are or how highly recruited you were coming in that the best players are going to play and it's really all about uh, production and and work ethic and all those things to earn that opportunity and that's exactly what Hunter did while he was here with us at Clemson. Wow, that's great. That's great. Uh, the final question I have for you, Coach. Um, Hunter was one of three Clemson players, as you know, that the, that was selected by the Raiders. And I, I know uh, Cleland Farrell and, and Trayvon Mullen you know, play on the defensive side of the ball, but w- what can you tell Raiders fans about about those two guys, um, again, as, as a person, as teammates, leaders in the locker room, sure. you know, their, their kind of work ethic and practice, things like that? Yeah, well, it, it was not surprising uh, for anybody at Clemson uh, when Cleveland was drafted with the fourth pick overall. I know, obviously, there was a, a lot of talk out there on social media and by different people and fans, but the people that know Cleveland, uh, we, we were surprised he wasn't drafted before number four just because of who he is as a person. I mean, he, he's a He's a future uh, pro bowler, long-time NFL guy. I mean, he's made of the right stuff. You know, Coach Sweeney tells the story all the time, you know, about the night before the national championship game. Uh, We went to the movie theater just like we always do on the night before the game. And, you know, we have a saying at Clemson that no one cleans up after Clemson. So we're at the movie theater. Everybody's eating their popcorn and drinks and slushies and all that stuff. And, you know, we always tell the players to do a good job cleaning up uh, after themselves as we go to get back on the bus. So here it is the night before the national championship game, and we're looking, and Cleveland's not on the bus. So we're thinking maybe he was in the bathroom or something like that. So we go back in the movie theater, and he is walking individually in every single row of the movie theater, picking up uh, the last uh, popcorn bags and, and, and water bottles. Uh, the night before his last game in the national championship. I mean, that's just a picture of who, who Cleveland is. I mean, he's just a, a servant leader that's um, really changed, helped change our locker room. Um, as good of a player as he is, he's he's just got even better character and work ethic. He's the kind of guy that you could come by on a Sunday afternoon when nobody else is around and he's out there by himself working on the practice field. I mean, we've seen that consistent from him uh, really since he got to Clemson. And uh, so, you know, he really all three of those guys, Hunter, uh, Cleland, and Trayvon, I mean, those are some of the best young men and best players that we've had at Clemson in the uh, 11 years uh, that we've been here with Coach Sweeney. You know, I went against Trayvon Mullen every day with him being a DB and obviously myself coaching wide receivers. And uh, Trayvon, uh, number one, is a, a physical guy at the line of scrimmage. Very difficult for our guys getting releases on him. But, you know, as with the best corners that I've gone against, he really kind of has that awareness that he kind of knows what route the receiver is running uh, before he makes that break, has great anticipation, and he also has that pro mentality. So uh, I'm excited, uh, really, that all three of those guys uh, are there together because um, everybody out that way are going to be able to get a really good picture of Clemson and and why we've had the success that we've had and and maybe the the culture that we have at Clemson that's really special. Uh, 
everybody's going to get to see part of that uh, watching those three guys here for the next few years. Yeah, I know that I speak for all of our nation. We're, we're definitely really excited to see these three young guys, you know, become the next great generation of, of Raiders and, and, you know, and help change the culture, uh, you know, inside the Raiders locker room. Uh, Coach, that's all I have for you. I, re- I really appreciate you giving me so much of your time to hop on here and talk some Clemson and Raiders football with me. Um, good luck in the upcoming season, you know, as you guys look to defend your title. Um, you know, I'm definitely going to be keeping tabs on Clemson football this year. Awesome. Well, it's great to be with you. And uh, we just had our uh, youth camp here this past weekend with about a, a thousand uh, elementary and middle school kids. And you wouldn't believe the number of uh, Raiders shirts and hats I saw among all those kids here in Clemson. So uh, I can speak for uh, everybody around Clemson. There'll be a lot of uh, Raiders fans uh, here watching uh, the team over the next few years. So we're excited about it. Appreciate it, Coach. Good luck and, and uh, take keep up the good work. Okay, will do. Thank you. And that was my interview with Jeff Scott from Clemson. I'd like to thank Coach for joining me and giving me so much of his time and, and really sharing with us some great insight onto you know what we can expect from our new uh, trio of rookies from Clemson, Hunter Renfro, Cleveland Farrell, and Trayvon Mullen. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of Just Pod Baby. I'd like to thank you all for joining me and listening. And uh, don't forget, you can find Just Pod Baby uh, on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network. Uh, leave us some feedback and some some ratings. I love to. I love the input. I want to wish all the fathers out there a happy Father's Day. Everyone have a great week and go Raiders. <laughs>